Flores Hope Radio. This is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrin. Sorry to be delayed. We had a family issue, so we are on live now. And I believe that Erica is... Erica, is that you? Yes, it is. I'm here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had a family issue. We had to delay in a, a flight, and it got all messed up. So I was on the phone. apologize about that. Um, and with no way for me to get a hold of you. So uh, this is Patty Holstrand from KWOD Radio, and we're on live with you. And uh, you've got some wonderful project going on. I was looking into what you've been doing. Uh, wanted to give us a little intro on yourself? Um, I'm Erica A. Murray. Uh, right now I function as a global business consultant uh, in the past and also currently I serve as a real estate developer. I'm also a real estate broker. I serve in the capacity as a mortgage broker as well. And uh, I have a garment manufacturing company in Asia, so I, I believe in globalization. And also, I just released my new book, CEO to the Power of You. So I'm really excited about that. That's I saw that. And I love the color. The, the cover was really bright and uh, said a lot about what, kind of subjects you're getting into. Uh, globalization is a big keyword of yours. You want to explain that to us? Sure. Globalization is just the ability for a business or it's actually a mindset for us to see beyond the scope of where we operate daily. So to globalize, uh, we use that term for businesses to expand beyond uh, domestic territories into a new terrain abroad perhaps Asia, the U.K., uh, all across Europe, the Caribbean islands, uh, in the Netherlands, you know, Holland, wherever, but to take and expand your business abroad. That's why we use the term globalization. And it's not a new concept. Coca-Cola has been doing this for ages, whereas Coca-Cola prides itself on being the first corporation to arrive in a developing country. They want to make sure that their presence is known first and foremost so right now what I do with a lot of businesses in my profession is so I get, them, I, I get them together so that they are able to develop a strategy so that they can expand their businesses globally. And what people fail to understand right now with the change of things and change is so constant and it's drastic that if your business does not globalize and you're a, a small business or a large business, if you don't globalize yourself, you're going to find yourself out of the market within the next five to ten years. So that's pretty much the scope of globalization. Do you think that there's any particular businesses that that this doesn't apply to? Actually, I don't think that it's not a business that it applies to. I believe that every business can globalize some shape, form, or fashion. If you're in business offering a service or a product, I am certain that that product can be utilized abroad. It's just actually working it into what culture it will do its best, and we would call that in the business world doing proper due diligence, analyzing the cultures, analyzing the business mode, what's the cost variations um, within a, a country. But I think that even globalizing in the sense of acquisitions or partnerships, mm-hmm. I think that that would be an awesome um, 
way for businesses to uh, create sustainability. Mm-hmm. As I've been, uh, I am a publishing company, and there are some ch- opportunities to go to, you know, to sell some of my books in India. But of course, you've got the whole issue of uh, how do I get a distri- you know, distribution in that area. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, each business has their own problems, obviously, to uh, find a way to sustain uh, costs uh, when they actually globalize. Right, but if you're a publishing company and if you were to expand to India, because uh, uh, from the research that I've done, uh, India does have uh, uh, printing of manuscripts, books, and and some uh, actual uh, academic textbooks are printed abroad in India because of the cost factor. And evidently they've weighed the cost versus the shipping and the duty fees, and evidently it's cheaper than having something to be reproduced here in the U.S. The only thing you would want to do is to ensure that the company that you engage with abroad uh, has the same quality or understand the quality that's required for you to uh, produce a product that individuals would want to purchase. But I think that uh, to expand abroad to India is not a bad idea. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, a good question. It's always a question. Uh, something that usually comes up, obviously, is uh, you're talking about is, is obviously doing business here as you would normally do. So you would print, you know, if it was publishing, let's say. Or let's just say you're, you're making widgets. Uh, you make widgets here in America, but if you want to globalize, you're talking about doing some of the work there locally. That way, you're uh, spreading your 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 cost won't be so much to do business there. Exactly. You you would de- you would decide you would evaluate your business to see what part of your business will garner you more success if you were to. Uh, allow that portion of it to be facilitated in another country. Or it's not necessarily just bringing that part to the country, but just bringing your product to the company, country and finding companies that will be, will function as a distribution center for your product. Right, right. And that, that's something I'm uh, considering because I'm not sure if I want to print in other countries. I know it's cheaper in, in certain countries, but I really feel – uh, adamant about keeping, you know, uh, keeping my product production here in America to help to help us here. Oh, absolutely. I, I do. I understand the Made in America and understand why we must continue to uh, support American products. Uh, truth be told, maybe 65, 75% of all manufacturing of anything does not come from our country. And, of course, with the treaties that our country has signed with other countries to say that we're going to do a certain amount of business or we're going to promote a certain amount of business for your country based on our relationships, I don't think that we're going to ever be able to uh, turn the tables where 75% of the items that we produce in the U.S. are actually American-made based on our uh, living standards the costs that are required for us, you know, we're dealing with taxes. We're dealing as employers. We deal with taxes. We deal with health care. We're dealing with workman's comp. You're, there are so many elements that will cause a business to want to move their distribution distribution centers across the country, 
Um, but I'm not speaking of globalization in that regard. I'm speaking of globalization in the regard of it helps you to build your business so that you can spend more money in the United States. But there is a certain degree of business that can be done abroad that will give you a greater standing here in the United States. So it's just it's going to be a business-by-business business, uh, evaluation right, right. To, to ensure whether or not you should do this. Because in America, 49% of, of private sector employers employees are employed by small businesses. So right. as to say, with our government, you, you know, there's a lot of uh, camaraderie back and forth between both parties about small businesses and small business set-asides. It's vitally important that we have these set-asides for small businesses because they do employ a large portion of the private sector. So I'm not by in any shape, form, or fashion saying let's move all of our jobs abroad. What I'm saying is we have to completely evaluate to see what is it that we can do abroad because we need to have that relationship. Mm -hmm. And whether we want to believe it or not, we have to have a relationship outside of that in which we're familiar with so that we can somehow uh, grow our businesses. Okay. Um, I'm glad that you that you clarified that because I'm really worried. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't mind. I don't mind. That's fine. That's what I want to do. And you know, whenever I go into a business patty and I say, "Okay, you guys want to you want me to help consult with your business for growth? Growth is going to include globalization." Again, if you look at Pepsi, Coca Cola. Um, even um, Acer, the computer, they were uh, out of Taiwan, and they've, they've expanded all the way to the U.S. So you got to wonder why other countries would uh, bring their products here, and, and um, Acer is considered like this um, this major tiger, this, ramp this rampaging tiger. Uh, mm -hmm. I read an article on Acer computers, and Acer computers came into our market as a cheaper computer laptop, and they've cornered a large portion of the North American market. Because yeah. more Americans can afford to purchase that versus a Hewlett Pack or a Mac. So it's cost effective for a large amount of Americans. So how is it that we're going to allow other countries to come in and produce a product for us that takes a large share of our business, but we don't produce a product that will take a large share of their business? And that's why it's important to globalize. Hmm. That was an equal share. Absolutely. Okay. We've we've already got somebody on the line for you, and so I'm going to go to them so that way they can ask your question. Sure, go right ahead. It's uh, whoever's on uh, number four eight three five. Are you there? Last last four numbers are four eight three five. Hello, you're live. Hello. You're live. Hmm. Oh wow! Well, perhaps they're not there. They're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> they might be having some technical difficulties. So I'm going to put you on hold and see if, uh, if there is a chat down below. So that way, if you let me know that you're having a problem, I can go ahead and try you again. Okay. So number four eight three five. That's last four digits. Four eight three five is the phone number. Um, I don't like to give the whole phone number out. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> so I put that person on hold, and, and if they have a question or a comment, please let me know in the chat, and I will get back with you. Uh, otherwise, anybody else who's listening, please, your guest call-in number is 
242-5145. If you're just hanging out and you want to just listen, then that's fine too. I just need to know whether or not you have a question. So there is a chat down below. So you can definitely either question or comment there, and I will definitely pass it on to Erica. Um, we were talking about your uh, your new books. Tell me, as you, I know you have your project going, and so this is a brand new book for you, and it's coming out soon. Is that correct? Well, actually, it's out on Amazon, and it's also out on our website, CEO to the Power of you dot com. Um, and the release was on October the 8th, and I'm, like I said, I'm very excited about it, Patty. Um, I've had a number of people who purchased the book at the book release who've read the entire book, and they're saying how it's changed their lives. I've had so many uh, comments about the emotions that one felt and the accountability that the book brought to their lives. So I knew when I was writing this project, this literary work would definitely be a life changer for those who would pick it up and read it and apply the principles in which I actually express and expose in here to their lives, that it would help garner a new level and a new dimension of success for them. Hmm. Now, you call it CEOU. Well, actually, yes, it's, it's, it looks like CEOU, but that U is actually, a rep, it represents a mathematical symbol, so that's why hmm. it's, CEO to the power of you because anything that has an exponential power denotes growth. And so I want to help you to grow into the CEO that you are. You know, sometimes we often associate a chief executive officer to just a corporation, but that means for me the chief executive officer of your life because your life should be run as a corporation to ensure your growth. That's what happens with a corporation. I have here how you should appoint a board of directors to your life. You know, stop just hanging out with any and every one. You know, know why they're there. You know, for me, most of my friends have taken a strength finders test. I know what their strengths are, so if they're on my board of directors in my life, I know who to call for what as opposed to just dialing people aimlessly and hearing a bunch of riffraff before I even get to what I really need to have for me to move forward and whatever I'm seeking advice about. So this book just explains how to align the principles that a corporation out, operate with, uh, with and apply those principles to your life. Because if those same principles are going to success for a corporation, they should go to success for your life because it's the principle that you're working. And, of course, I do know, Patty, that some people will say, you know, why would you run your life like a corporation? You know, corporations do horrible things. It's not corporations that do horrible things. It's people that do horrible things. There are people who operate without integrity. I discuss integrity, you know, in this book. So it's nothing wrong with running your life like a corporation if you're operating with the integrity and ethics that are required to be successful. So that's the reason why I aligned it to a business because it also helps you to understand business a little bit more in depth if you have no knowledge of it. You know, I talk about success and defining it for your life. The book is uh, broken up into three parts, and success is the first part. What is success? Let's define it. I call it the quest for success. The second half of the book is uh, a new way of thinking. I encourage you to change your way of thinking, to look at things from a broader perspective, to expose yourself to different things. And I talk about the structure of your life corporation, how to actually structure it so that things make sense and you can actually gauge the growth 
uh, that you acquire as you move from day to day. Well, what do you feel about? Uh, I'm glad you brought up the ethics and and obviously, uh, you know how people. I'm not sure how we went wrong because I I find that this is a, a real issue. Um, a lot of small business people tell me, well, they're having problems finding anybody that they can, you know, that they don't want to get a, an employee because of the fact that it's really hard to find employees. And I said, well, why is that? There should be a lot of people out of business. Yes, but people, just, uh, there are a lot of employees out there who just don't seem to have ethics anymore. So we have a problem with, with, you know, hiring someone not knowing um, where they came from and wh- where their ethics are in their life. Well, you know, that's going to be a challenge with anything. It's almost like you can't really look at someone and know whether or not they utilize drugs, so you do a drug test. So what we would have to do is just properly vet those individuals that we are going to employ for our company. And I think that uh, a lot of small businesses don't have the resources or choose not to allocate funding to that particular aspect of their business, whereas they can hire a company to do a background check to ensure that the person is who they say they are and the person works in the locations that they say they work in, um, actually perform yeah. the task. Because it's amazing how you find government officials who have fake degrees. And I'm thinking to myself, are we serious? How do you have an official who is a sheriff who says he has XYZ credentials, and then you find out years later that it's not true. No one properly vetted this particular individual for this job. We just took them at their word, and we took them mm-hmm. at their talk. And so then we find that we've been duped. So as for small businesses, I say in, invest in that particular area of your business because this could either catapult you forward or it can set you back, having the wrong person in your organization yeah. because have to be able to have that growth going forward, and you have to know that the person that you employ and put into a particular position, that this person will actually, uh, they're actually on your team and not just wearing a jersey, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just think that small businesses have to allocate for that, and I do understand the challenge with the lack of resources, but that is why you need a, a plan for your business, a plan of action for growth. And most times that's closely referenced to your marketing plan and not necessarily your business plan. Because a marketing plan, that mm-hmm. was, that is what lays out growth for you. Okay, so you're saying that, that whether you should get an employee or not is is really more based on marketing rather than business plan? No, no, no. I'm saying that to get an employee, you know, one, you need to vet them. But the importance of the employee to make sure that that, that employee that you hire is actually playing on your team, meaning that they understand exactly the direction in which you're going. In order for you to get growth in your business so that you can continue to hire employees or to maintain an employee, you have to be able to move your product or service. And the only way you're going to move your product or service is through an effective marketing plan. So all of that is interconnected. And if that person that you hire is not knowledgeable about the direction in which you want to go as a small business, then they're going to set you back in business. Right. So, one, to properly vet the employee, but to also allow that employee to understand where, the direction in which your company is headed and how they can actually be a part of that. Most times you can't tell them how they fit in or how they can be a part of it because you don't do a, a thorough background check on them. Right. So that, okay, they were an executive secretary, 
that they actually did it for the level of an executive team and not just, you know, a sales team because that's a different level because there's confidentiality at different levels that are involved there. So, again, properly vetting the employees is, is, is going to be the challenge to our small business. Well, then there's the other side. Um, you know, we have a lot of you know big corporation or even small businesses who are going under, but not informing their employees before they do so. This can be, you know, obviously a big problem for a lot of employees out there. They're not sure who to who to trust anymore. Well, trust is one of those things that, um, you know, it, it all depends. Sometimes our energy draws certain people to us, and um, it's just it's just one of those situations. If you're in business, you're gonna, it's a risk that you take. But what you want to try to do, as we say in business, is minimize your risk. And the way you minimize the risk is to properly vet those individuals that are going to come aboard your team. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the unemployment level and things going on uh, in America in general, as far as our 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 economy, and how that's going to you know uh, hinder any globalization? Well, that's the thing. Um, we're having these issues, and employment, um, the employment rates. I, I have my perspective on that, and that's because I've done a certain level of research. You know, when we have corporations that are accustomed to having a, let's just say, $4 billion surplus, and now they don't have a $4 billion surplus, they only have a $1 billion surplus, and they start laying people off because they want to have a certain comfort zone, it's not, as, it's not that they have to lay people off. It's a choice that they make to do that because they want to find themselves in a certain comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, in America, we're paying more, but we're getting less, uh, you know, less services. Um, so, you know, this is just a tumultuous economic time, and I think that it's going to, t- as a business person, you spend money to earn money, and I think it's going to, it's a process to get through. And I think that uh, with all the jobs that are being offered to Americans abroad to teach in Germany English as a, a language, uh, there are a myriad of opportunities for um, uh, Americans to go abroad to work um, just as others come abroad here to work and bring their skill level here. I don't think that we're as mobilized or, you know, as deficient as uh, propaganda would want us to be. Most people don't even know our Pentagon has a division and a department that's entitled or it's entitled, um, um, it's entitled, uh, uh, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 um, it's like a, uh, they're managing our perspective on things. They're managing our perception. It's called perception management. It's a perception management department in our Pentagon, whereas they're managing our perception about things that they disclose to us. So, which to me, I will take that as you're not really giving me an opportunity to them to uh, come to a conclusion about something on my own. You want to manage it because you want me to receive it in a certain way. So, mm-hmm. Are our employment rates really that bad? Okay, a lot of Americans are without a job. Are they without a job for the right reason? Right. Are they are they without a job because the corporations just don't have the money, or is it because the corporations want to have a surplus and they don't they're laying us off so that they can feel comfortable? And I mean, also, you know, when we look at um, our uh, elected officials behaving in a manner that is totally embarrassing 
you know, to those of us who've elected them and put them in office. You know, right. whenever we pay their health care costs, you know, and yet you don't want to somehow draft a bill that will be amicable for the masses, something is very wrong with that. As Americans, we're paying for their health care, so they're not going without health care. They're no. not going without jobs. Their budgets are not being cut for funding to them, but they're cutting everything else. So right. when you really think about this employment aspect. We as Americans need to stand up, take a stand, deal with our representatives, and understand that they're playing a game with our lives. And the only people that are losing are the American people at the bottom. Your middle class, your lower class, those are the ones who are losing. Right. Um, I think 4835 is trying again. No, let's try you. 4835, are you there? Hello? Uh, 4835 has gotten offline and then try, tried again. Hello? No. Nope. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, I, and I think that, you know, one, with with us having a, a division, which is called perception management, at the mm-hmm. highest level, the Pentagon, that has to tell us something about, we're, you know, I, I'm going to be very careful in how I say this, but, you know, are they really telling us the truth about things if you feel like you have to have a division to manage our perception? Right. Well, then, you know, that, that that's kind of skewing our our thoughts, then, isn't it? It's skewing what we can do with our own lives because they're, they, you know, they have a misconception of what it is that we're really wanting. Yeah, but it's also what they want us to know as well. That's true. So we don't get all the information. How how can we really make an informed decision? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what we do see is a lot of politics going on, and what we also see is that none of their salaries, none of their families are being impacted by this. Exactly. I don't believe that, you know, if you make a rule, then you need to stand by that rule. Not make a rule, but I don't have to. That doesn't apply to me. That's not right. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely, Patty. So, I mean, no, I, I, that wouldn't work in my house. <laughs> I know you're right. <laughs> so, this is, is this your first book that you're working on here? This is my first book. It took me about three years to write because I wanted to ensure that I left no gap for an individual to uh, actually lean to their own understanding, so to speak, because, you know, in our actuality, we're not trained to think. We're trained to participate with how someone else wants us to think. And this happens all the way from the time that we are reared by our parents, the time we go to school, the teacher tells us what to do and how to think about a certain concept. We leave there, we go to high school, we go to college, and then we graduate from college, we get a job, and the employers do the same thing by giving us a manual, which is commonly called uh-huh. a policy and procedure manual. So yeah. nobody ever thinks for themselves. Mm-hmm. So actually we have this, like, McCarthyanism, which is this large group-scale think that's supplied to us by individuals who have a certain uh, status in our society, and we just kind of go along with it. And what I want it to happen is for a person not to apply the thought process that they have because our thought processes are fragmented because we don't have to think for ourselves. It's like we don't use, we don't exercise the muscle of our mind. Right. So what I, it, it took me that amount of time because I wanted to make sure that I reduced everything to its lowest common 
denominator, so to speak, so that it's plain, it's clear. And and that's the feedback I've been getting. One, it's an easy read. People are reading it in a day or day and a half. Secondly, the concepts and the principles written within hit home. And, of course, the, the writing style I chose was to have a conversation with you about what it was that you were reading, and I used this common phrase throughout the book that says, I know, right, because I may say something, and I know you're thinking, you know, you're right. And so I just kind of answer saying, I know, right? So just to give the reader a chuckle uh, as they're reading to make this easy, because whenever you are uh, calling someone to accountability or you're opening up um, this, this, this different perspective, you want people to be relaxed to be able to receive the information and not be so um, hard on themselves that they can't receive the information because sometimes we can be very, very hard on ourselves saying, you know, oh, my God, I should have done this. I, I can't believe I'm here. I'm, I'm 40 and I'm in this place. And, you know, and I didn't want the book to be that either. What I wanted the book to do was to wake you up to a different way of thinking and I wanted it to prepare you to run your life like a corporation so that you can have success. And one of the examples I use in the book is uh, an employee evaluation, this annual evaluation. When you have an annual evaluation, it's normally one-dimensional. It's like one person talking, which is the supervisor who's saying to you, so how do you think you did this year? And, of course, the employee will respond, and they'll say, well, what do you see yourself in our company within three to five years? And I'm saying, why is that always a one-dimensional type uh, uh, interaction? Why is it that you don't say, tell me about the company's growth? You know, how do I fit into the company's objectives within the next three to five years? You also have a right to know. And I think that sometimes we sit back and take this passive role, and all I'm doing is asking the reader to take your position in your life as the CEO of your life and ask some questions. You have a right to do that. So, again, you know, very elementary. I don't care if you have a Ph.D. or you have a GED or you may not even have a high school diploma. This book is for everyone. You can read this book and understand exactly what it is that I'm saying. Wow, that sounds really empowering. I think that's a good message that everyone should be able to, you know, take their life as if they were in a corp- they were their own corporation and they needed to take control of their own life. And it's, it's a timely subject. Because Absolutely, I think that, it's definitely timely. <laughs> as you know, there's so many people out of work, and and you say it's, it may not always be because of. Uh, situation that they found themselves in. Uh, right. They sometimes, yeah, we get this uh, mindset that we want something better, and we're not really into where we are at that moment. Absolutely, but lots of times people don't know how to get into that place. They don't know how to. They don't even know where to begin because things have spiraled so out of control in life. And you know, sometimes when things spiral out of control. Naturally, people are emotional, and I I talk about your emotions, and I talk about how to deal with problems as a CEO deals with the problem. Yes, of course, the CEO has problems that come to their desk, but it's not like they have this storage room full of canned solutions. Everything is almost like a gourmet meal. But what we have to realize in life when you do have problems, that you have to make certain that you understand whether it's one problem or whether it's six problems. And if it is six problems, you have to scale them out and address each problem separately so that you can 
see that there's a sense of movement and you're actually overcoming whatever is whatever it is that you're faced with. So, you know, I, I just really touch upon a lot of things, and I have been so humbled and moved by the responses of readers that I've received um, and how the book is actually impacting their lives. Well, that, that must be really a, a good thing to feel uh, as far as, you know, impacting people with your, your message here. Uh, we just you just barely got started, but you've been. I know that you've had a website going for a while, and uh, so you've been working on getting this message out. Yes, I've been working on getting the message out. I, I have my website, which is my business website, which is ericaamurray.com, because that that website actually outlines the services I provide as a global business consultant to businesses. But I also have the website CEO to the Power of You. That talks about the book that gives us chapter by chapter summary of the book, um, and it allows the reader uh, to purchase a book from the website where, whereby I would actually autograph that book for them. But as I said earlier, they can also get that book on Amazon.com. Okay. Um, so is that going to be out in ebook format? Uh, we've not done an ebook format yet, just because we're dealing with my, my legal team. We're dealing with. Uh, intellectual property theft, and it's it's a huge, uh, it's very huge with the ebook. So we're trying to develop uh, a lock code in it, whereas if someone downloads it on their Nook or their Kindle, that I know with Nook, with Barnes and Noble, there has it been alleged that, uh, you know, if I buy it, I can actually, if you have a, a Nook, I can actually share it with you. So. Um, We've kind of been working through that. So the answer to the question is no, we don't have it on ebook yet. But I wanted to also uh, solidify the reason as to why we don't have it on ebook okay. yet. But it is coming forth soon. Good, that's good. Um, uh, yeah, you, there is a way in order for you. Just there's a area to click if you do not want it to share. So the Kindle does have that. Um, right, the Kindle has it, but the Nook doesn't. So yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so that's really uh, sounds like you you're really making great strides in your uh, your industry here. You've been uh, working in this industry for 18 years. I have, yes. And you've I've, been working with, with corporations, um, doing what you can to help them. I've worked with corporations, governments. I've worked with the Caribbean government to understand North American lifestyle and culture and how those individuals who do come abroad to the U.S. to work, when they retire and want to come back home, what is it that they're looking for? So uh, I've helped them out with their housing. I've helped with the education aspects. So I've, I've dealt with governments abroad with that. Uh, I've dealt with uh, small businesses. Small businesses is my passion because, once again, any large corporation at some point started out small. And because, again, they're employing 49% of the um, private sector population in America, I think that uh, because they're overlooked so much that someone has to actually give them uh, the resources for them to be able to position themselves to grow into a larger corporation. So I have a passion for that. So most of my work with businesses is done with small to medium-sized enterprises. We call them SMEs in the business world. Um, and uh, my Ph.D. studies is in international business, so mm -hmm. my specialty is international business. 
I help my clients. I have a client who has wastewater treatment facility that was established out of Canada. They're expanding to Latin America, South America. I'm helping them in their expansion to those different regions. So I've had the opportunity to work with some very great companies uh, to expand their brand and to actually set in place processes because processes is also something that will cause a business to not function properly and to not be able to uh, set the stage for growth. Well, that sounds really great. I'm glad that that we got to talk, and sorry we didn't get started earlier. Um, I'll cut off this section and definitely get you the the show. That way others can listen to it in its entirety if they missed it. And it will be on Facebook, so that way uh, everyone can listen to it. I know we have a lot of people who listen to it after the fact. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So definitely get me a recording of it. I'd like to have it on my website as well. Oh, definitely. I cut off that uh, beginning part and, and set that on So that way you'll have that because that's always a great thing to have. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Patty. I, I appreciate you having me on your show. No problem. And you have a great night, okay? You as well. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Well, that was Erica Murray, and this is KWAD Radio signing off for the for the night. Uh, next Tuesday, next Tuesday night, we've got Erin Lane. Oh, Aaron, I'm sorry, Erin Lale. Uh, she is um, she has about six books out, and she also writes time travel with a group of people. So she uh, has a time travel series that she uh, short stories, and that will be next Tuesday, the 18th, 5:30 to 6:30, and then on Wednesday night, next Wednesday night, that's the 19th. We will have from 5:30 to 7, um, Anna Questerly and her new brand new book is coming out. She has one this fantasy book, and she has her second fantasy book coming soon. So we will be talking about those and about her uh, life working at a bookstore. So um, with that, you guys have a great weekend, and see you next Tuesday.